Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The following podcast is equivalent to a TVMA rating thanks to the author's strong and frequent use of adult language and graphic recollection of her sexual escapades. We strongly advise listening alone or with an extremely open-minded, politically incorrect companion, such as a gay bestie. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of How Bitches Are Made. I'm your host, Rachel Melvin. And I'm your host, Kevin Bear. Yay! That was the first time we did that. We didn't even practice. <laughs> hey. I just pointed. You take hey, cues uh, so well. Thank you. I get pointed at a lot. <laughs> and all I know is to say my name. Uh, hi. Kevin Barrett. Kevin Barrett. Um, it's like I'm in class again in oh, school. These cushions are so puffy. I thought I had a throw behind here and I was about to thank you for putting one there for me as well. Oh, Lumpar yeah. support. I have this pillow that you keep wanting to return. Oh, you might have to. I might have teared the tag off. Oh, no. Yes, I have a penchant for keeping uh, tags on things. And I have a penchant for cutting them all off. <laughs> you just never know. Okay, uh, sorry. I'm... Welcome to our episode. This is the deep dive episode of No Place to Call Home. What were you going to say? I just I felt just I needed get right to get back to the point. I was going to talk about OCD, OCPD. Oh, yeah. Now we have another episode. You know, weird quirks. About that. They're rubbing off on me. <laughs> I'm a cleaner um, person. Okay. Now. So, of course, actually lean back from the mic a tiny bit. Oh, wait. That's me talking. Wow. Yeah. I need to lean back from the mic a tiny bit. Well, we're still working out the technical difficulties here because last episode I was like, I am so loud. Oh my gosh, I'm I, so much louder than you. But that's just because you have a lower voice. Yeah, well, and you mentioned I was like so well, close to the Don't peak the meter because then I'm going to have to edit more. <laughs> oh, baby, you're going to have to edit me the rest of your life. I don't want to edit. <laughs> okay, so, um, right, so Kevin just heard the full episode and then he said to me, so I only have two things to mention. And I was like, no, 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 you have to save it. You have to say it. And he's like, no, 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 just, like, so, just so, so you'll so remember. Just so we yeah. And then he like goes into a story and I felt myself reacting and I was like, no, this is exactly what I don't want. (laughs) So then I'm like hurrying up trying to set this up. And of course, I'm having like stupid computer issues because Mercury's in retrograde and Kevin called me out in the last episode. So now, of course, it's happening. Nothing works. Yeah. Yeah. So what were the two Uh, things? So here's my story. This (laughs) is episode 13. Kevin's story. Wait, can we can we actually acknowledge that? What? <laughs> I don't know if anybody noticed in the last episode. I was like, so without further ado, let's continue on with our with episode twelve. We, I, think I think I said. We did acknowledge that. No, 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 no. In no place to call home. In the scripted, I said that, and then I'm like, "All right, everybody, welcome back to episode eleven. And I'm like saying it's episode eleven, then it's episode twelve. So let's be clear, that was technically so that would be 10 11 that was episode it was technically episode 12 with the deep dive but it was chapter 11 right because deep dives don't count any anytime you hear (laughs) my voice it's not 
an actual episode. You can <laughs> skip it. You can listen to it. You can talk shit about it. They don't count. I just, well, I'm trying to like find a format that's like, you know, it's trial and error, guys. Yeah. Like, life is a canvas. Just roll with it. Paint and, you know, yeah. continue oil, shaping though, it. Because it'll never dry as I've. I just realized that analogy should have been shaped around clay, not painting. Yeah. Which, by the way, Kevin is making his own clay, so take a moment to be impressed. Yeah. I'm molding our lives. <laughs> <laughs> one granule of sand at a time yeah. okay a anyway the two things about this episode sorry no let's let's just go into all your points because they'll come up as as we go because well, i don't so, want to skip over anything that you know may have i don't want to like beat a dead horse mostly because you know i love horses and animals and that just feels wrong yeah and but also this actually ties into one of my stories so let me just go ahead <laughs> with my stories is that true kind of oh, oh james oh, no. our friend james Oh, um, oh. <laughs> I'm just going to go into living with a gay guy. He had this saying. He would always say, oh, man, I don't want to beat a dead horse to death. And I was like, James, it's just beat a dead horse. It's already dead. Uh, you don't have to beat it to death. And he's like, and then he would continue saying it like, it, you know, right. he was never great. I love James. Yeah. James, you guys will get to know James in a couple in future episodes. Yeah. He's great. Can um, you just record some stuff? With okay. Him? So because I like anim- What? Didn't you just record some I stuff did. with him? Yeah. I did. I I probably released this podcast a little too early. I didn't realize <laughs> I have way more work to do. <laughs> anyway, so um, so yeah, I didn't want to beat a dead horse because I love animals, but also because I don't want to bore you guys talking about the same thing over and over again. That feels annoying. And um, what's the word for um, when you're doing opposite of what you want to do? <laughs> I say as I continue to drink coffee and wake up. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Just dead so the, the points that I just wrote down listening back to this, they're kind of all over the place. <clears throat> so forgive me. Forgive me if the conversation is not very, you know, natural and organic. Um, okay. So I, I said that I wanted to address some of the things that Brandon had talked to me about, like, um, the financial situation but honestly After you already moved in with them not yeah I'm learning I'm not a great note taker which is bringing me back to high school when I felt the same <laughs> <laughs> I'm like okay but what specifically what conversation specifically yeah. I know for me um like, like here here's an interesting thing I do as I do talk about money a lot I do I think there's a couple reasons why one I grew up um, I grew up very aware of money just from my own family's dynamic. It was always kind of the, the central concern it. all the time. So um, two is it's kind of like as an adult now for me, I think it's kind of like a game or like a math problem. I'm constantly trying to figure out the formula to. Um, so like for credit with credit cards, for example, it's like, how do I play this game? Right. Okay. If I do this and the more I talk about that with other people, the more I feel like I get more information to be better at that game. But I realize like a lot of people don't talk about money. So I think that that was kind of something I connected with Brandon on in the get go. And then also just like, you know, being an actor, the nature of the business is you never know when your next job is coming. So you, you learn how to save and spend, spend money effectively what what job did Brandon have? Uh, he worked at Windows. Windows. I said that in air quotes. What what is Windows? 
it's not Apple. Oh, oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Microsoft. <laughs> he worked at Microsoft. Is that a bad word? You're you're saying like bench and cunt and like talking no, about cum and it's cunt? about anon- anonymity. That word I can't say. Why do you try to make me say it all the time? Anonymity. Um, but, but honestly, I wrote this note because it was like the last two times I heard this story, I was like, I wanted to say something about the conversations that we had. Um, I, I guess like in this moment, I'm feeling like I do think people should talk a little bit more about money because then some people would learn better and they wouldn't be in so many financial, you know, negative situations. Well, you know, it's strange. I wonder... Uh, like that trip to Hawaii that they spent two thousand dollars on, and you had reminded to do me. The, Thank you. Do the helicopter yes. ride. Who's to say more people on that trip also couldn't afford it? You know, okay. but they I all had you. this I plan, and we're like, "Yeah, let's do it." This is and why you're my like, co-host. That's that's why I wrote this. <laughs> good, okay, because it good. was about that. Okay, so so it was. It's kind of about both things, right? So you learn how to spend money um, more efficiently, and you don't push yourself further into debt. And something I noticed particularly in Los Angeles is there was one time we had a wrap party at a really big, or I thought he was really big, and I'm pretty sure like most people would, um, a really big producer's house. And I remember discovering that he had three roommates and they were all splitting the rent. They didn't actually own the house. And I was like, this is so stupid that they're trying to like convey this image. And, and at the risk of like screwing themselves over and their livelihood like you can't live life that way it's like some people refer to it as house poor which is like keeping up with the joneses it's like who gives a shit yeah like you do so much damage doing that and just throwing away like that that place was a mansion right like renting a huge house yes i think it was like off maholland yeah yeah anything up there costs yeah exorbitant amount of money Yeah. And so I think that that was what I wanted to comment on just for people listening to like really think about that, especially now in the Instagram, Pinterest climate. It's like we were watching that documentary. Do you remember what it was about about people like basically faking like being on trips and stuff for Instagram and showing how influencers are made? Yeah, that was so funny. They were keeping up. Do you remember the name of it? Uh, Oh, my gosh. The social dilemma no no no, no that's that another one. great one though oh yeah but they were they were doing things like uh holding up a toilet seat in front of their window so there were like clouds out the window but they were holding up a toilet seat and the toilet seat was looked like an airplane window i want to look this so up funny um right and that conveys to like younger or more naive people thinking oh in order to be cool and liked and popular I have to spend my life savings on these trips and then you half the time you go on the trip and you're like this doesn't like then your expectations totally take away from the magic of the actual trip meaning you don't think the trip was as good as it actually was because you were focused on it being something again fantasy you were focused on it being something that it was never going to be because it's not real yeah, you spend all your savings just to come back and have to work your butt off. And so that trip never felt like a trip because you got exhausted and paranoid on it. And then you come back and you're going right back into work and you need a vacation from the vacation. Yeah, and right. I think it is so important to talk to... Fake famous, it's called. Oh, is that... Oh, yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing. I think I only saw... Oh, there's there's a... Stuff. Of course, there's an article on BuzzFeed that says fake famous doesn't understand influencers at all. Okay. I mean, I mean, I, I felt they either. did a very good job yeah. depicting both sides of the equation, but that's yeah. okay. Watch it. 
Decide oh. for yourself. <laughs> um, okay, are we, are we kind of moving away from that issue? I mean, uh, like, I, I guess... I had train of thought and it was gone. I, don't know I, I guess to, like, kind of um, wrap that up, like, that was one of the other reasons I kind of didn't see Brandon's bound, broken boundaries so easily because I was focused on connecting with him really on my broken boundaries, which... Yes, I guess to some degree you shouldn't be flagrant with the way you talk about money, but I don't think talking about money needs to be as taboo as it is. Like there is something, there's, first of all, there's no shame in being broke. I talk about all the time. And what's the one thing I hear? Rachel, you really shouldn't like let people know. Yes, you should know. A lot of people when I booked Dumb and Dumber were like, oh, now you can take me out to dinner now that you're you're a millionaire." millionaire. You guys, I walked away with 15 grand that went to a publicist. That's all I made off that movie. I have no shame telling you. But it was a terrible publicist. <laughs> yes, that will, be, that will be another story. <laughs> but because people, people don't have, this is why it's so important to talk about things, because people don't have an accurate portrayal. People don't have an accurate idea based on the portrayals that are given to them of how things actually work. So then you'll like sit there and you'll see like these celebrities like, oh, well, why didn't they tip the waiter more? What a dick. And it's like, well, maybe they don't have as much money as you think they do. I go back to the producer that had four roommates live or three roommates living in a in a mansion. It, it's not that well, you don't... And, sp- and are they going out to dinner a lot because they have to for networking and right. business Right, it's this stuff. appearance it's thing. Like if they tip, you know, $1,000 every single time, it's... They're, they're going to be broke. Right. And the other thing to consider is for people listening or that are like 15 grand off one movie, that's that's a lot. Well, there's a lot of things you don't know about filming that movie. For instance, um, I was in Atlanta for eight weeks. I didn't have access to a kitchen. And the days that I wasn't working, I had to spend money on breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you had to pay so that for was, your and transportation. hotel or your, your lodging, right? They oh. paid for my lodging. Oh, all of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't have a washing machine and dryer. So I had to go to the laundromat. Um, I had to board my dog. Like there were, there were things that I had to do aside from which though, the other thing I was going to say is there are people that spend their money very irresponsibly, but like there are people that look at me and they think I'm cheap and I'm like, no, I'm fucking smart because I don't know when my next job is coming and I don't, we don't eat out at all. No. Like we we cook so much. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're getting we're getting a little bit off topic there, but the the point is, I think there's a good balance of talking to people about the uncomfortable yeah. situations or subjects rather. I think it's really important to talk about money too, but it only works when you're in the same place, like um, kind of like relationship. If you guys aren't in the same timeline, it's not going to work out, you know. Um, so talking about money, Brandon, you know, is like saying, hey, we're poor, like we mm-hmm. can't do this. And his boyfriend, he's in like party mode and stuff and he right. doesn't want to hear it. You know, he's, right. he's living his best life and everything. But that's why he, you know, was breaking boundaries with you because he's like, oh, Rachel will talk to me because she is open about money. She is open about right. Exactly. He's not seeing, you know, the fact that you have to work and have your own space because, you know. You guys right. aren't on that same timeline, right? You know? Yeah, right. And um, the other point that you make by by saying that, or you bring up, and at least internally in my head, is that 
there are times then when your friends, if they know you don't have money, they either don't want to invite you out or they feel like if you they do invite you out, then they'll have to like treat you or offer. Right. And then you're like, well, I don't want to be a charity case. And I would, I, I would tell my friends, I'm much, like, I'm yeah. sorry, it's not my budget to go out this week. Have a great time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so there's a good balance, but, um, okay. So actually I want to go into just because we kind of brought it up a few times. I want to go into this boundary list. So <clears throat> I do have the list of boundary violations available on howbitchesaremade.com. So if you go to the website, you can click like hover over podcast. And when you do that, there'll be another little drop down um, tab that will say references. And if you click on that, you'll see all the episodes and then there'll be a button that will say episode details. Just click on the epiphany. It's the first one there and you'll be able to find the sheet under um, episode details. So my therapist gave this to me. This is basically in all the therapy I went to, I paid for this one sheet. (laughs) This is like the most important asset in mental health care for me. Um, It's a boundary violation sheet. It covers internal, physical, and sexual. And there's just general boundary violations, signs of damaged boundary, uh, signs of damaged boundaries and signs of unhealthy boundaries. And the only one that doesn't cover internal, physical and sexual is the signs of unhealthy boundaries. So as Kevin was listening to this episode, because I already had this episode, meaning no place to call home, I was looking over the sheet, pulling it up, prepping it for this episode, and I'm reading it and I'm going, holy shit. I'm going to tell everybody right now, the entire world is violating everyone's boundaries. Yeah, big time. So here's some. I'm going to try to find ones that are relevant to this story. Sarcasm, passive-aggressive behavior. This is an example of internal um, boundary violations. Asking personal questions about money, religion, and sex. Giving unsolicited advice. Shaming, humiliating. Yeah, attempting to control or manipulate another by word or deed indicating that a person is worthless, interrupting while another person is talking. There is one here, violating privacy in the bathroom, invading personal privacy, reading other people's mail, email, voicemail, text, diary, journal, which I did in the epiphany. Oh my gosh. We Hmm. really violate each other's boundaries. (laughs) I know. There's a lot. I mean, you got to read over them. Um, Signs of damaged boundaries. I don't know what is going on with my voice today. Um, answering for another person, needing to explain your decisions and behavior, accepting blame for another's feelings, assume, assuming you can mind read, um, believing everyone and anyone, answering personal questions, an inability to say no. There's, there's a ton of these. Um, and I reference those specifically because drawing parallels to the story, if you listen to it, you'll, you'll be able to recognize right away how I was violating Brandon's boundaries, how he was violating mine, how he and his boyfriend were violating each other's, which then violated me. And it, it creates this really toxic environment environment that makes everyone really, really uncomfortable. And we have talked about this so many times in previous episodes. When you fail to do anything about it for so long, then your body starts to have these physical reactions, which mine did. Like I was on the phone with my mom, like I'm shaking. I cannot be here. I'm in such distress. And for anyone listening that might be judging the, the things that I needed in my life to be comfortable and not stressed, 
go fuck yourself. (laughs) Everybody's different. And that's a boundary violation, (laughs) judging someone. Um, But, but no, like I'm even listening to it back and I'm like, God, am I a little high maintenance? It's like, maybe, but I've earned that right. And I think that part of, part of the thing. Everyone's in their own way. Well, sure. Well, that's called having standards, which is what we're trying to preach here. And standards really at the end of the day are just knowing yourself enough to know what you need to be mentally healthy, safe, and sound. And, and when you have a mentally healthy, safe, and sound person, that permeates and create and it creates a domino effect where everybody else starts to to kind of take notice and wonder what you're doing. It's like losing weight. Well, how did you do that? Well, maybe that will work for me. I can assure you this is a way more effective method. Um, yeah. I think mental health care in ways is less complicated than, you know, weight loss. Yeah. What? Than weight loss. I, oh, I can oh, just tell you want you want <laughs> you want no. to talk, so I'm slowing the train down. <laughs> no, no, I was thinking about. Uh, I was listening to a podcast last night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, the stuff you should know podcast that I listened to these two goofy guys, they were talking about, uh, how free speech really works because free speech is, I mean, inevitably going to be, you know, breaking a lot of boundaries because you can say whatever the fuck you want to say. You know, I could say fuck on this podcast and nobody can say a fucking thing about it. Right. Yeah. But I have a disclaimer though. So technically I want you. Yeah. They can choose to listen to it or not, but, uh, it's weird the uh, now with social media and everything popping up, you know, Twitter and everything is taking down free speech, but it isn't violating the Constitution, the First Amendment. They they say free speech is free speech. You can say whatever in the privacy of your own home, and they're covered by it. So like trolls oh, and stuff online can you can say whatever the heck you want on like. Um, online because you're in the privacy of your own home even though it's blasting out to the world you you're you're covered you know you interesting can say anything you want fascinating oh, okay well strange before we move off the boundary <clears throat> discussion just because you brought up real world stuff mm-hmm. i just i want to find these really quickly well i mean i kind of i kind of already said some of them but i was reading these in particular allowing others to define you in your reality Answering for another person, needing to explain your decisions and behavior, accepting authority unquestion and um, unquestioningly, unquestioningly, (laughs) (laughs) believing anyone and everyone, allowing others to direct your life, answering personal questions, religion, money, sex, politics, politics, politics. Sounds like something familiar. Basically, no one should be asking anybody about their health, their political beliefs, who they voted for, what they should think or feel or do. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. It's on the fucking sheet that mental health care providers provide. And P.S., that's really the center of it all is mental health care in particular. 
whatever brings you happiness and healthiness and mental well, health. That was something do actually. Do that for you. Don't do it for anyone else. Don't do it, you know, because you're told to or not told to. Or no, because that breeds swayed. resentment. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, we won't get too far on a tangent because I'm sure everybody is just as over it as we are to hear about and talk about. And also talking about it would kind of be contradictory. Um, but I will say that, you know, recently I had a very weird stomach thing going on and long story short, the thing that I had to do to kind of figure out how to handle it was I cut out, first of all, I'm not completely vegan. I'm like pescatarian and sometimes I eat chicken sometimes, but that happened as, um, a progression into veganism. And that's just kind of where I've, I've found my happy spot but um Kevin and I have problems with weed and sweets <laughs> and so I, I got Occasion. off my diet and I started having a lot of dairy again and so when these stomach problems were happening I was super strict and I'm like okay I'm going back to my no sugar unless it's Saturdays and Sundays I'm not doing dairy um, no, nothing. Uh, what was the other thing? I wasn't doing weed. I wasn't drinking, no sugar, no what caffeine. They, what do they call that diet where it's, um, the exclusion thing or whatever, where you, you cut out certain things. Yeah. You start at a baseline and then you slowly add them back in yeah, to right. see what's actually affecting your body. Right. And, like... and, and the part of the issue was, is I had, I had procedures, you know, scheduled. They just, doctors are so backed up. So there was like six weeks that I'm sitting here with this thing in my stomach and I can't go get my endoscopy or anything. Yeah, so she was miserable. She I was, was like, so horrible. She move. She was, yeah. So, and, and because I'm me and know nothing about my internal organs, I also, in the beginning, like I wasted what a month thinking it had something to do with my uterus because it was like so low. I was like, yeah. I didn't know what she organ. She thought I, she was dying. She I was, was giving away I, I really did stuff. legitimately was, think I had yeah. stomach cancer. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I did. I was really nervous. But but I I went back to my strict, strict diet. And sure enough, I haven't had a pain. I haven't had pain since. Yeah, I'm your only pain now. <laughs> but but in, in going back to that healthier way of um, living, it started it started trickling out into other other facets of life. Like I started stretching again. And then you and I had these conversations about how we were really kind of doing our own slave labor. We weren't enjoying life at all. We were just work, 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 work. Yeah, we've built up <clears throat> this amazing place and are really working on bettering ourselves. But in doing so, we're making a mess of things because like the workshop or outside, we have all these projects that take a lot of time and stress and effort. And it's been heat wave after heat wave and we'll get something done. And then everything will just be a mess around because we got to keep using the stuff and going. Yeah. And we're like, okay, stop. <clears throat> put on the brakes. Let's clean up, organize everything. Just like organize. your bedroom <clears throat> when you know you had to do homework, you needed it clean. I cleaned right before we sat down to record this as well. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was listening to the episode. And <laughs> I started to get up to clean and she's like, you sit there, you listen to it. I was like, all right. <laughs> Sounds good. I had to clean. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think this was an example of us kind of not setting our own personal boundaries, but also not setting our personal standards of knowing like our own routine. I'm going back to talking about standards and routines and not thinking, you know, I'm a bad bitch because I had a, a certain way of living that I wanted to maintain. Right. Um, we, we weren't considering a routine at all. And so what 
the end result was us feeling like we had a bunch of stuff, just like the tools outside laying around everywhere. And we weren't really have We didn't really have any focus. Well, and we'd work our butts off outside and it would be a mess and we would come inside and we do not live in a mess. So we, we felt like we were always cooking and then cleaning up everything. And then like, you know, constantly just organizing so that our place felt, you know, exactly how we like it. And, it was nonstop. Then we'd go to bed and wake up and do it all over again. Yeah. And even the things that we enjoyed. Zen at all. Right. And the things that we enjoyed, we weren't enjoying. We were resenting because it was like, they felt like an obligation. And what was really interesting is it just happened to be Virgo season. And by the way, if you guys follow or or don't follow Chani Nicholas, you should. She's a great astrologer. Um, She has a book called Born This Way. Her astrology is kind of, no joke, become my religion. And I think kind of yours too i think you've been finding a little bit of yeah it's always dead on you're it's it's, you're kind of the guider there because i don't know enough about it's early on yeah yeah it's it's crazy but so she was telling me oh you know it's it's well not telling me specifically but she was telling her audience it's virgo season and like this is the time to like establish routines and order and take inventory of your life and so kevin and i sat down and we did that and ironically by prioritizing our own happiness and again for me this kind of the segue was eating better and like restructuring my diet again we started tackling just like okay what are the things that are going to bring us joy let's focus on doing well i'm looking at the storm coming in it excites me and probably we'll just go around us like they always do um we live on this hill and every time there's a storm coming, it We're just so magically excited. changes directions. It's so frustrating because yeah. we both love the rain. But um, yeah, we we started to realize that by focusing on doing the things that bring us joy, it just so happens that everything else we were doing anyway still gets done, but more efficiently and with more happiness. So you feel lighter doing it. And so we we did. We had to sit down and like, I, we also just went to the library and I got Marie Kondo's book, um, The Magic of Tidying. And, and honestly, I got it because I'm going to be helping my parents like kind of downsize in their house. And I was like, oh, I got that book for my mom and I wanted to read it and kind of just make sure that I knew what she was learning and retaining. And, um, and you found out that you're doing everything. It was just one of those. Yes, I did. But I always knew that. <laughs> I have a lot of Libra in my chat. Um, but, but it was one of those things where I was just like, oh, this is so kismet. Like all these things are aligning at the same time. Like it's Virgo season. I'm reading this book. My mom is doing this. We're kind of reevaluating our life and restructuring it. And through reading her book, um, I like, it's true. Her, her main thing is, you know, keep only the things that bring you joy. And I would say that that really should spread into your decision-making for even how you want to plan your day. Like, especially if you have a nine to five. The minute you go home, what you should be doing are the things that bring you joy before you move on to your responsibilities. And it seems, um, oh my God, what is with me on words today when mm-hmm. it feels like it's going against your instinct? Anti-intuitive. That's the best I got oh, right now. All right. I'm going to listen to this back and be like, that you moron. Was <laughs> it work to live, not live to work? Yeah, but but my my point is a lot of people only have so many hours in a day and you can you can feel pressure by the time, especially if you have kids for instance. And it's like when you have a 9 to 5, it seems counterintuitive, that's the word. It seems counterintuitive to go home and not just hop right to it. Maybe, maybe it doesn't, but for me it would. But what I have found especially in the last month is that by by for instance spending more time with Finn, like 30 minutes playing with Finn, 
um, our dog. Then after that 30 minutes, I go into my responsibility things. And it seems like not only are they getting done quicker, but they weren't as painful as I anticipated them being once I did them. Well, and I know that when you go sit down to work, then just wants to bug oh, yeah, the crap he hates out of when you. I work. So spend 30 minutes, wear him out, and then the rest of the day goes smooth. Yeah, it's very yeah. true. Um, so it's it's really it's really important to have routine, and it's really important to know yourself well enough to know what you need to live well, because that is your baseline, your main foundation, and how the rest of your life is is gonna go, just depending on where you are mentally. So Marie Kondo's thing is like once you're organized at home, it the magic is that the rest of your life will be very organized as well, and and that is true. It starts with the inside, and that could be anything. Like for me, it was health wise inside. Like once I was healthy inside everything else started changing as well so going in to live with those two guys brandon and what was what was the i don't name? remember what i called okay. him alex maybe oh yeah that sounds right yeah so when you went into brandon and alex's place and it was just disheveled and brandon's apologizing for not cleaning up that's so i mean by the book like if it's not clean when you're first moving in, it's never going to be clean. It's That's just the way they live. I, and, I mean, literally, know. this sounds like I'm being dramatic, but like even you just saying that, like I feel like I'm trying to catch my breath. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, James, going back to James. Yeah. The first time I met James, and he, he was living in Academy Village in North Hollywood. And it's very similar to the spot that, you know, you went. It was a big complex and, you know, with the pools and hot mm-hmm. tubs and that area. It's way smaller. And in North Hollywood, it wasn't the, you know, 160 acres or whatever you're talking about. But it was the same stacked apartment complex. And when I first saw his place, he was living with uh, five other people or him and four other people. Three of them were sharing one bedroom. And... What? Yeah. This was... And it was... uh it was two or three gay guys and then uh, two girls, I think. And so I walked in there and... We... I know why James liked living there. <laughs> yeah, he did. It was a party every night. So when you walked into Brandon's and you were talking about the bright yellow walls and stuff, I could I just went back to like that moment, the smell, the everything that I walked in. The place is a wreck, but... They have this one wall where the glass sliding door was that was just painted bright red. Like just no, like neon red. I believe there was red curtains also. And then like uh, they had like a little island, you know, breakfast thing off the kitchen that um, had the bright red like Ikea bar stools, you know, silver with the red. And I, I was like getting anxiety just walking in there. I was like, no, this do. is this is horrible like I can't people people don't understand like the power of design they 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 don't and that's why I do like in the story when I'm referencing like a store there there is this feeling of euphoria we all get when we go into a really nice place because everything's in order and it looks beautiful and there's a reason places design that way because like think about it this way this is why they they say it takes money to make money and unfortunately that is true but it's like even with the Airbnbs we see out here you don't want to go into a house that feels like your house Right. You want to go into a house that feels a little more luxurious. That's the whole point of going on a vacation. And I think that like a lot of people, I always 
I don't know if you agree with me on this, but like there's a lot of new builds out here. And I always say, well, people are going to gravitate towards that naturally than they will like an older house like ours that we've renovated. I wouldn't. I think older houses are built better, but a lot of people think new is cleaner, new is nicer, new is trendy. It looks better in photos. It's mm-hmm. all it's all those things. It conveys a specific feeling or lifestyle that sure. they're craving. And my argument is there's like you can have that for yourself in your own space for very very cheaply. Yeah. Like I I remember someone commented Honestly, you were you were talking about uh, a paint color. Yes, paint will do great, but also a mop and some cleaning supplies, <laughs> or just it, or mean, just the magic of tidying. I came home the other night. Our place is always clean. You had like really clean because I think our internet was out and you couldn't actually get the work done that you wanted. No, to get no, honey. I was supposed to do something for food shelter sex and I didn't freeze things overnight. So while, while I didn't know that yet, I was cleaning and to prepare for a photo shoot that never happened. She was going to make <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> yeah, I was, I didn't, I didn't freeze things overnight. Like I should have, that was annoying. But like you just cleaning this place and by cleaning i'm just saying she went around and disinfected like countertops and dusted and you know our place was already tidy it wasn't it wasn't that i came in and i was like something's different it smells nice (laughs) it smells nice it's like when we clean the the lighting better what is what's going on and i was like oh my god it smells so good in here and then i came Uh, into our house and i was like this smells dank (laughs) 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 terrible um yeah, there was so the power of design is it's a real thing. And I had this one person comment one time, speaking of the apartment that I loved so much, um, when I finally did get the apartment back, because mm-hmm. I did, eventually Kirk moved out, um, I totally like redesigned it and I, oh, I yeah. painted the wall black and I was like, which people might think black is not a good color, but let me tell you how many people, like they're so afraid of, of bold things like that because how many people were like, oh my God, I love that wall. And I'm like, I know, right? Yeah. Cracked pepper by Bear. That's so the paint good. color. So Never good. do gloss. I always do matte. Eggshell uh, at most. That's right when I first met you because I had seen pictures like you were just yeah. changing it. And yeah. Like you showed me some pictures of how it was set up. And then first time I saw it was how you rearranged it. I was like... Why were you talking shit about this? This is amazing. This oh my is God. Great. No, like, the, yeah, the wall color, like this is my point. The wall color was arguably a neutral before I painted it, but it was like a neutral with a neon green, yellow undertone. So Ooh. it looked, it looked like when you say someone's green in the gills yeah. and they're pale, that's the color that the walls were. Yeah, your and I was like, was no, no, this looks old and gross and dirty. Yeah. It looked, it looked like walls of a smoker's house. Oh yeah. Oh, like they changed. Funny enough, James also like <laughs> they were they were smoking cigars inside cigars. No, like against the red wall. I was like, I I can't. Okay, I can't. okay. Um, okay. so so. I have a question. But wait, I had oh, okay. I wanted to just wrap this yeah, one yeah. thing up. So I had this guy comment when I finally posted a picture, and he was like, "Why do all these celebrities?" He called me a celebrity, which mm-hmm. I thought was cute. Nice. Um, you say thank you. <laughs> he goes, why do all these celebrities live in like these really expensive whatever? Something like basically, he took the post down, which I was bummed about because I like having references, but. <laughs> He basically insinuated like I lived in like a place that was done by an interior designer. And I was like, first of all, thank you. That interior designer is me. I did it all myself. (laughs) Um, But my point is that 
that apartment, furniture and all, because I had nothing when Kirk moved out. Because reminder, all my stuff was in the desert. And when he moved out, all the rest of the furniture went. So I had to start over. You guys, it was 1,600 square feet. And I spent $5,000 total on everything. New fixtures, paint, furniture. And that was with new stuff. Like you could do it for a fraction of that. Correct. You you know, redid. Correct. And and a lot of, you know, a lot of the things that were in there, like there was a desk that I got at the swap meet up here, actually $10 Mm -hmm. ordered like glass for the top. It's super, super easy. But, um, and, but you know, what saves you a lot of money if people don't understand is when you learn it and do it yourself. Like a lot of people keep asking why our, our house isn't done. It's when I say it's just me and Kevin, like I cannot stress enough. It is just me and Kevin. I think the only thing we hired out for was the countertop install and our stucco touch-ups on the outside. Yeah. Like we've done the cabinet and, building, the painting, the drywall, the mudding, the caulking. And we both have our strengths. So it's like right. a lot of things she can't do until I get done or vice versa right. where it's, you know, it's tough. It, take, it takes time. <laughs> but like if you know how to do it, it you can save a shit ton of money. Yeah. It's super. Like we just gave my sister a $12,000 shower. We yeah. didn't know it was going to be worth that much. Right. But yeah, yeah she like, didn't pay that because like we did all the labor. Two or three grand and... Yeah, supplies, I think right? yeah, that's two like that. grand in supplies. That was it. Yeah, yeah. But so, it looks, just to let you know how much looks, you're getting. Yeah, I want that guy to comment again on your sister's shower. The appraiser? Now. No, no, no. The guy. <laughs> oh, who's oh, like, the, the all these celebrity shower. Oh, we also didn't do our own shower glass. All these celebrity glasses. sisters have the nicest houses. Um, um, my question was, when you moved back in, yeah, you bullied your way back into your own apartment. I Aries my way into yeah, that shit. You did. What did that guy ever say? Did he ever The guy that was renting? Back? Yeah. No, see that was the thing that was infuriating. He had moved out. Oh. So at that so it's infuriating but understandable. So at that point Kirk was right. Like he for his own mental health needed to separate from me. And I'll go into a little bit of why like despite the fact that we were friends and platonic and all that stuff. I'll I'll put a pin in that. I'll come right back. But at, at the point when I had moved in, someone had moved out, but I think he was finally in that place. Yeah, he will not space. argue this. He yeah. was inspired by the work I'd been doing in therapy. I know this for a fact. So again, you insight change. Mm-hmm. He, which in this case backfired in my pretty little face, <laughs> but he, he had decided that like, he didn't want me back. He didn't like, right. he wanted that space. Like he was finally living alone and get his own mental clarity. Yes. And, yeah. So he didn't tell me that they, that, that people had moved out cause he didn't want me to have an opportunity to come back in. Meanwhile, you can't go to the bathroom because there's right. a fight going on. Right. And I don't know if I made that clear in the commentary. What I was trying to say was that like, like for me, it was a little bit of an ego thing mm-hmm. because it was like, yeah, I was like, you just swooped in and stole my life and you're enjoying it. And this right. means not nearly as much to you as it does to me, which of course was my perspective and not the truth. Um, I try to be very diplomatic. Like he did find the apartment, but th- at the end of the day, like he was from the Midwest and he wanted a backyard and this place didn't have that. And I was like, there are so many things you can't stand about this apartment. Whereas this is everything I want. And when we were originally looking, he was like, it's too expensive. And I was like, you have no idea how cheap this is because she did price it lower than it was supposed to be because it had all these things where I had lived in so many places in LA because I'd been there way longer than he had. He hadn't yet realized what a great deal it was. So I was panicking and I was like, she's going to give it to someone else. What the fuck are you doing? And he finally trusted me enough to go with it. So there was like a lot of ego 
involved in my resentment, admittedly. But I mean, I think as long as you're aware of that, that's great. Um, But to go back to the point that I said I wanted to get back to is a lot of people didn't believe that he and I like never hooked up. They were like, oh, you guys are just just friends. And he's like, no, we are. And I don't think we had a problem living together. And which is, which begs an interesting question about expectations, right? Because the way he lived never changed. It was the way I saw him. And this kind of goes back to what we talked about last week where I wrote this. Um, no, I didn't write it. Damn it. (laughs) But it kind of goes to write it out loud. it, It goes back to what we talked about last week or when, when you have certain expectations based on the relationship, there's a a different litmus test and a different way you hold people accountable and a different way that impacts you, whether you take it personally or not. And so like when he didn't close the cabinets in the kitchen, for instance, or clean up his clothes on the pile of the floor, instead of putting them in the laundry basket, that shit bothered me more as his girlfriend. Cause I was like, I've asked you to do that. You're clearly disrespecting me. But then when we weren't when together anymore, I was like, well, that's how he wants to live. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, uh, we really were just friends and, and people really didn't believe that. And, um, I don't, I don't know why they didn't believe that, but we really it's did because just it's so few and far between. Like, you know, most breakups are just that it's a breakup. Like it's cut ties, like, you know, but I guess what my curiosity lies in is how many breakups need to be that way. I mean, if someone cheats on you, I get it. If somebody does something totally like a betrayal of your trust, I totally get it. But I, I do think there's a lot of relationships that end because of a miscommunication and a misinterpretation of someone's actions. And like, he and I were both very honest with each other of like, this relationship is stagnant. Like we are no longer helping each other grow. We've like hit this dead end. And I think his thing was, you don't want a family. And I was like, I don't know why you're putting that narrative on me. It was obviously his fear that I didn't want yeah. a family. But and my whole thing was like, I don't even want to talk for... about a family because you haven't given me a ring, which right. I didn't care about a ring, but I'm not the type of person that feels comfortable having a kid when there's not a contractual obligation by a 50% right. partner. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, let's do the you know preliminary paperwork before we get into that. Yeah, I don't want to take on that responsibility. Yeah. But well. I, I don't think a lot of people do have healthy verbal relationships where they, you know, actually express what they're feeling. And because if you're, if you're in love with someone and you're dating them for, you know, three, four years plus, you, you know that person. So all these relationships that completely get destroyed and they never talk to each other again or they, you know, can't stand to be around each other, they're... I feel like it's a little bit of bullheaded niche on one side or the other or both where it's like, okay, can we both realize that this wasn't healthy, that like, this is my side. I I hear you and I understand your side and, and get to a point where you can, like you did, you guys dissolved, which kept you guys friends, you know? Yeah. There was a mutual respect, but also like I, again, I'm, I'm, this, this is a sign of a broken boundary, but it's one I am comfortable with and I hone when I need to. I, I am an open book and I think I was very vocal about sharing a lot of what I'd been doing in therapy with him, which I think created kind of this lack of ego getting in the way, but because he understood and also was curious enough to want to apply it to his life. Um, 
which there was actually, I wanted to kind of, I think if you are in a relationship, like even going over this boundary list right now is like, this is something that you and I should like check in and check in on and do every now and again, because Mm. just having that awareness is is enough to be like, wow. Because the thing that my therapist told me when she read it, she's like, I know you're going to be immediately looking for ways that other people have wronged you. But you'll be surprised. The first thing you notice is how you do it to other people. Right. And then you're like, oh shit. And then that self-awareness then makes you naturally pay attention to how people are doing it. Like one of the biggest things, and sorry mom, if you're listening, I doubt you are because you know what I talk about. But she, like, I know, remember that day I came home to you and I was like, if one more person interrupts me, I'm going to lose it. Yeah, it's a straw. Which is terrible because even in this podcast right now, I know I've talked over you and I've interrupted. Huh? Haven't even noticed. <laughs> you don't have boundaries and I'm breaking them. <laughs> but this is my point. My my mom like kept interrupting me and, and I was like, oh my God, like we're finishing my sentences. And I was like, just wait. Yeah, let me. Oh, you do that all the time to me. Yeah. I know. And I just I'm read like, the thing I and I was like, oh shit. The end of my, yeah, like, point. of Maybe course, I, I cannot reiterate faster. enough as I talk over you again. <laughs> <laughs> this is a practice and you have to keep checking in to see like your progress and forgive yourself. You're not going to be perfect. Well, and this probably is great to do in a relationship because I'd love to do this with you because I think there that's was, why our relationship works though. There was one thing, uh, in one of our last arguments, um, where you asked me, you're like, why, why did you never bring that up? And I stepped back. I was like, well, Oh yeah. I, the one I said, I don't know. You used I, d- it as I didn't, a... I didn't even realize I was hanging on to that as until, artillery. Yeah. As artillery until that came up because it, that wasn't a big deal to me, but Maybe it was more of a big deal than I even realized myself, you know, like subconsciously that bugged me, but right. I never, I never cared enough because it never, you know, right. was that big of a deal. I don't want this to come off like I'm singing, singing my own praises because, because I'm not, it's truly an observation. If you're going to do it, you need to sing it. <laughs> no You have fucking a wonderful way. voice. I need everyone to know that she's um, a singer. I'm not. Okay. So... I, I I reference in this story when you have two people with broken boundaries, especially when they're unaware of it, it's it's bad. That's what creates toxicity. But the minute you have someone that's at least aware enough about it, then that person can navigate their way out of it blowing up, which is what you're just describing right. I did in that argument where I'm like, instead of taking what he said personally and reacting to it, I was like, oh, interesting. He just used that as artillery. Let's find out what that's about. Hey, Kevin, why blah, blah, blah. And I try to explain this to my family too. Well, I was just going to say, it's boundaries aren't so easy to see. Like they're clear boundaries when, you know, somebody walks up to you and is a close talker sure. or touching you right. or doing those boundaries. Most of the boundaries that matter are small, small things that yeah. you don't even notice because you've gotten so acclimated to putting up with them. Right. That it it just feels like life. Like that's, you don't that's even just know. normal. Like, you know, it it's an annoyance, but it's normal, right? I'm laughing because I went to interrupt you again and I was and I was gonna interrupt you by saying, and you don't even know when you're doing them. When you were reading the you talking over and interrupting, I was gonna make a joke oh, and like funny. jump in, you know, interrupting um, cow says what? That's Moo. <laughs> Um Hang on. Okay, so there's only there's only like a couple more things that I wanted to reference here. Okay, so 
One of the things I wanted to mention was a little bit of backstory on Kirk because I didn't want this to be confusing either. Like in the beginning, our relationship was great. He was super doting. He was doing all those things that I said he stopped doing by the end. And that was a result of something very significant that happened in his life very early on in our relationship. And I had noticed things were never the same after that. And it wasn't between him and I. Him and I. It wasn't between him and me. It wasn't between him and me. Sorry, grammar police. I don't know. Um, I went to school. I just now Kevin Merritt. Point, point at me. <laughs> you were called on in school when your hand was raised and you were just like, Kevin Merritt. <laughs> Kevin Merritt. You pointed at me. <laughs> um, it, it was something that happened within his family and he just never recovered from that, unfortunately. When I was saying that I wanted to get back together with him, so this is kind of a, a lot to unpack, but I'm going to make it as quick as possible. Part of the reason I wanted to end things was because I knew we weren't evolving anymore together. I was kind of starting to see that our goals were not aligning. Our lives were going in different directions. Our lifestyles were were very different. I am extremely tidy and he is not, he doesn't give a shit or he didn't at that time. I don't know where he is now, like where he's at in that, I mean. But it's interesting how when we start to feel insecure about the decisions we've made or we start to second guess them, that we relapse and try to go back to something that we know very well wasn't right for us, which is why we made the decision we did. But all of a sudden now we're writing all those things off like, no, 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 that that didn't actually bother me. I, I was just being anal or this. And you start like writing away and devalidating yourself and your own arguments because out of fear, you're doing it out of fear. And, you know, we to just go back to that comfort to go back to the comfort. Yeah. Right. Because you feel so, for lack of a better term, unsafe. You're scared of the unknown that you try to cling to what's comfortable and Change familiar. Change is super scary. Like and I just want you to know that that's normal. If you're doing that, if you've done that, or if you're about to, and you don't know it and you find yourself in a few weeks in that situation, it's totally, totally normal, but you got to keep reminding yourself that, um, it's going to be okay. It's no matter what, it's going to be okay. And don't go back to something that's bad for you out of fear because let's, let's say Kirk and I did get back together. I would not be at all nearly as happy as I am now with you. I've told you millions of times, like you're, you're my dream guy. I can't even believe that you existed. I thought my standards were way too fucking high. And then I found you and I was like, oh my God, what if I had stayed with Kirk and missed out on this? Like it's always darkest before the dawn. And you don't want to, you don't want to stay in something that's comfortable because you're afraid of something, finding something worse. You're not going to, you're only going to find something better if not the same, but I guarantee you won't, it won't be the same if you're doing the self work and trying to avoid those patterns. Yeah. I don't know how I got you. The the risk is worth the reward, (laughs) but I did want to bring up an example of this in media because we just watched Bachelor in Paradise last night and we are watching the whole Kendall and Joe saga. If you watch it grocery store, and Kendall was like, I wanted, I want to be with you. And it's like, she, she didn't, she was going through exactly what we were talking about because the story, the narrative that they're portraying anyway, is that their relationship didn't work because neither of them wanted to move. Well, the story was that. Joe and Kendall on a previous Bachelor in Paradise, they got together and they made it through and they were dating in the outside world. And then it didn't work out because uh, Joe wanted to move back to his hometown and she wanted to stay in LA because she was trying to make a career and everything. So they broke up and then 
Joe was back on the show and then Kendall came into the show and she realized she was there for him and it was in the same place that they met and where they fell in love and it was that romanticized version of like, you know, she wasn't remembering the bullshit or or the fact that she would have to move if she wanted to be with him or they'd have to figure something out together, you know. And he, he was with some other girl now, so he looked like point. a bright new shiny penny. Yeah. So there was that, you know, little bit of um, uh, competition that, you know, she wanted to be the one. But that's not healthy because she's going back to that same pattern. If they got together then, the problems right. still are there. Right. Exactly. You still got to deal with the elephant right. in the room. Exactly. Exactly. Or the you whale just, on you the overlook island, them you know? because because you're afraid. And she kept saying like it's so hard to see him thriving when I'm not. And it's like, well, well, right. But I guarantee you, just by going back to him might seem like your way to thrive. No, it's your way to die. Like at least spiritually, it really yeah. is. It, it rarely. There's always exceptions, but it rarely works that way. Because right. you saw um, Kirk thriving and doing better than you, or at least in your mind. And I don't even of... think I was thinking about him. I was just thinking about survival. Oh, okay. For me, I Got was it. like, this is but, going back to this apartment with him is when my life was, was working. So oh, that's what I need to go to back to. Oh, not trying to get back with him. It was... No, I was trying to get back with him um, because I, I had felt like enough time had passed where maybe we had grown hmm. to where we could give each other what we needed or wanted. The but to his argument, enough. I like there's no way as long as we were still in each other's life that that was romantically that that was going to happen. Like there, there's there was never going to be enough time. And unfortunately, one of the reasons was just because of what he went through when I was with him. Like it's my perspective is that I was always going to be a reminder and a source of pain because I was sort of like a mile marker for what happened. And I don't know. Like I like if we'd been together long, it was lost. Yeah. But if we had been together longer before that happened and had a stronger foundation, I think it would have, it could have worked. But, um, but yeah, anyway, so, um, I want to start wrapping up, but the last couple things that I wanted to address was, um, I told you, I told Kevin the other day when I was listening to this back to check audio levels and editing and stuff, that one thing I said in the commentary of No Place to Call Home really hit me differently. And it was when I said, like, I would I would have liked to have known that someone who had seen me working my ass off would have offered me money if they knew I needed it. Right. And that just really hit me because I was like, yeah, that's real fucked up. Like, that's really fucked up. And I think... Around this time, again, I was so focused on making other people happy and coming to their aid that I didn't focus on the things that I needed from someone else. And one of those things was like having my back. And sorry, that was one of the ways that I needed someone to have my back. And unfortunately, when we met, I wasn't in a good financial situation and we did move in together. And that's why I said he, he kind of saved me because I don't know if we weren't together where I would have gone. Like I needed to move in with someone and I wouldn't have even known where to start. So it was because of him. And he later said to me like, yeah, that I wasn't really ready to do that. I kind of did that to help you out. And so I think that started us off on the wrong foot too. And I cannot stress enough two two halves do not make a whole two whole people make a whole lot of good. And, um, 
I think that that's something we forget about a lot of times too. And we, we went into that relationship in a way that we thought we were a whole, but, but like when someone doesn't have their shit together, and this is why I stress women getting your shit together, being self-sufficient, because ironically enough, Kirk's mom who had gone through a divorce sat me down one day and she said, you know, I love my son, but no matter what happens, I need to tell you set yourself up for success because you'll never know what can happen in a marriage and you need to make sure that you're in a place where you can take care of yourself, not be flat on your ass when right. you're in your forties or fifties or sixties. Cause she realized that with her. Cause that's what happened time. to her. Okay. And she was much older when that happened. So, um, it's super, super important. Another great piece of familial advice that I got from my own family was from my cousin who said, you know, part of the reason my marriage is so great is because we have a joint account and then we each have our own bank accounts and, right. and money is such um, one of the biggest things that, that oh, creates tension, like, resentment, yeah. people fight about. So I thought yeah. that was really great advice too, but that still falls in line with have your own life situated before you try to have someone come into it. Don't try to have them save your life. That that's a red, fl- that's a, a, a red flag to pay attention to quite honestly. Um, but I think that's all I really wanted to mention. I'm just looking over like my this notes. Episode. This was a good one. Yeah, was, yeah, it was really fun. Big transition, too. I was going to, I did have notes like, oh, we should talk about how we break each other's boundaries. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh well, I, we'll, I did we'll, have on here. Wait, this we'll, is funny. We'll do that after we actually go through the boundary sheets together. We'll, yeah, that'll we'll, be fun. We'll talk about it. Like, yeah. the, the little last thing here is just a mention that I thought was funny is when we were listening to this back this morning, it was like, yeah, I don't believe in first impressions because anything that I, I don't really love in the beginning, I end up loving and... Kevin's proof of that. I didn't like Kevin in the beginning. <laughs> we hated each other. We didn't no. hate each other. I was just like, well, whatever. Yeah. Rachel's awesome. She's cool. Stop it. Oh, I love her. That's what it is. You didn't, like, you weren't into me either. No, I wasn't right yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. That, you guys, that's going to be, that's going to be chapter, I guess it's 16. It's good to get to know people before you dive fully in. You know? Oh my God! Look, Finn locked himself in the bathroom. Come I on, buddy. Wondering. Come on, bud. Good boy. He just opened the door. <laughs> oh my God, he's so cute. Okay, so I guess that's it. Unless you have anything else you want to add. Yeah, I guess the episode's over. Finn. Finn came Finn out. Came out. Yeah. <laughs> what did you call him the other day? <laughs> what did I call? Not Marshall. You called him something. Did I? Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but oh, it looks Douglas. like the storm's moving in, so we're gonna wrap up and go play in the rain. Maybe do a little rain dance. Hope it comes this way. Heck yeah. Yeah, thank That's you guys good. for listening. I, got um, my I feel like I always need to give you guys like a preview for next week, but I think part of the excitement of the season is I don't know what I'm gonna do next week. Hey, if you don't get a preview, or if I don't get a preview, you don't get a preview. Yeah. Like I told you, I'm blindsided every week. <laughs> thank you this guys so much fun. for listening, and um, be sure to follow us at the Kevin Barrett. And at the Rachel Melvin, you can visit our website, howbitchesaremade.com. And again, just to remind everybody, we want this to be a um, community-based endeavor. So please write to us with um, maybe you need advice, insight, uh, you have a story suggestion, you have a story you want to share, you have a question, etc. Um, you can email it to us at info at howbitchesaremade.com. I think that's it. That's it. I've had a lot of water. I'm going to go pee. (laughs) Be good to yourself, people. Consistency is key. Stay bitchy, my friends. Mm